finally, Stack Guy Craig has come back to the Mike Janela Show. What's up, everybody? Mike here, of course, and this is the first podcast of the new year, 2016. Uh, we had a little bit of issues here. I actually moved apartments uh, right between Christmas and New Year's, and we didn't have internet, so I couldn't get the podcast going. But I can't think of a better guest to have back on the show as the first for 2016. He is the reigning defending champion as the most listened to Mike Janela Show episode of all time. No one has caught him yet. Stack Guy Greg from the Cheap Heat Podcast on ESPN. What's going on, man? Happy New Year, Mike. Happy New Year, listeners. How's everybody? I'm excited to have you on because we're here to talk wrestling, of course. It's Royal Rumble week. Uh, we're recording this on the Tuesday night before the Rumble, uh, just in time for Total Divas season premiere tonight. That's We won't be talking about that at all, unless you want to, Greg. I don't know. No, I have I have nothing to say about that. I didn't realize the premiere was tonight. <laughs> yeah, less than an hour or less than two hours away, but we're going to move past that. Um, we're going to talk about uh, this year's Rumble in a little bit. Uh, we're going to talk about some past rumbles as well. And if you don't know about Greg, make sure to look up Cheap Heat. It's the wrestling podcast uh, hosted by ESPN. Greg was a guest of mine yep. an early podcast last year, so you can go back and listen to that. But look him up. He's become an internet phenomenon. And uh, Greg, we talked when we talked last time, the first episode, we talked about how you'd be sort of a, a check-in later on down the road. I'm a man of my word. You're the first two-time guest in show history. Um, most listened to, too, right? Most listened to, mo- most frequent appearances. You're you're just breaking records left and right. So I hope you're <laughs> I hope you're appreciative. Um, now I wanted to talk to you because last time we talked, you know, you were still on Grantland. Cheap Heat was uh, Grantland ended up shutting down in late October, and for a little while there, Cheap Heat was one of those things where it's like the Vince McMahon gets blown up in the limo. You don't know if it's gone for good or if it's kind of a, a, a gimmick and a story thing and it comes back. You guys did come back a couple weeks later. Um, real quick before we talk about the Rumble, uh, let, what was it like those couple weeks? Did you think Cheap Heat was going to be done for good? Were you and Rosenberg and Shoemaker trying to figure out something else to do for fun on the side? What was it like in the Cheap Heat world when all that other stuff was going down at ESPN? For the, for the three of us? Yeah, for the, for you, for the three of us, yeah. Was there ever any any chance that Cheap Heat maybe wasn't going to survive? No, not at all. Um, it might have changed names, maybe, but the three of us, and I should I should even say the three of us, I should say Rosenberg and Shoemaker, um, they're really committed to the podcast. And not that I'm not, but I mean, it's really like they have the driving force behind it. So the, the two of them were definitely committed to continuing somewhere doing something, you know, doing this in some form and um they were gonna have me along. So it wasn't so, you know, in besides the initial shock that everybody else had that like Grantland is gone. And I think even some of that shock hasn't gone away for some people because, you know, Grantland did what they did very well. They did these extra articles on these topics that you thought you had no interest in, but then you find yourself just going through the rabbit hole and reading all these long-form articles on the most random stuff on their website. And um, people love them for that. So, you know, it's definitely missed. But as far as Cheap Heat, um, yeah, right away they decided that they wanted to continue it. Like, that wouldn't be the death blow. So, um, with or without Grantland, the three of us, and at least definitely those, those two would definitely be doing something. And you rewarded the faith that was put in you guys with the most improved podcast award uh, for 2015. How does that feel to be an award-winning podcast? Who who gave that to you guys? It was some online magazine or something? The, it was the AV Club. AV which, Club, yeah, uh, yeah. Yeah. That's Have huge. That's Club? mage. 
Yeah, that is. <laughs> um, I took some pride in that too because it was like we were the only sports podcast um, that they got that got an award, and by default, we also the only wrestling podcast that got an award from them. Um, on the list with Obama and you know huge podcast and we were mentioned in the same breath. Granted, it was most improved, but it doesn't matter. <laughs> hey, tro- it's award-winning. Yeah. yeah, trophy's a trophy. Now you're award-winning. Did you get an actual trophy or a certificate or anything or just the mention? No, just just the article. But, I mean, that's all we need. It's in print. So the bragging rights are there forever and all time. Like, yeah. you got the links, you got the screenshots, everything you ever need. It's online. I mean, it's true. So what about exactly. you, Greg? How's the, cause we talked last time and you had just, you were like a couple months into joining the show. You went from not even being on Twitter to having like 3000 followers. I think you're above 7,000 now. Uh, how's your notoriety grown? Do, like, do your coworkers know that you do this now? Or are people recognizing you that knew you before? And they're like, man, I didn't know you did this now too. Is that kind of changing for you at all? Um, yes and no. I wouldn't say my coworkers know anything about it. Like, uh, my friends who, who, um, were into wrestling they're like they're proud of me obviously for this and you know they they have some they take some pride in the fact that like I'm on chief here especially since it got bumped up to to ESPN now you know because Grantland was a huge platform but for some reason it wasn't I mean I thought it was mainstream but it wasn't as mainstream as I thought you know but now that I can say oh yeah it's on ESPN and throw that around me. Everybody knows what that means, and it gets like it's like a huge deal now, even to people who don't watch wrestling. Just to have ESPN behind the podcast, even though I'm associated with ESPN in like the most adjacent way possible. <laughs> well, it's like it's, you it's like you went from NXT to the main roster, basically from Grant yeah, to, exactly. to ESPN. Exactly. Granted, I'm like I'm like the. Um, the timekeeper from NXT getting bumped up to the main <laughs> roster, but still, like, it was, it was huge. So, I mean, that association in and of itself, and, you know, people treat it as kind of like a big deal. But me personally, I'm just trying to stay humble about it because at the end of the day, it's just a, it's just a podcast. You know, I'm not on TV, and if you're not a wrestler, not yet, fan, not yet. Yeah, true, not yet, not yet. But um, at least at this point, if you're not a wrestling fan then you wouldn't care to listen to Chief Heat. And if you don't listen to Chief Heat, then you wouldn't know who I am. So that kind of, that kind of thing, at least for me, keeps it in perspective of like, yeah, this is cool, this is fun, but I'm not trying to get too big of a head about it. Yeah, and hey, don't short sell yourself as the timekeeper. As we found out with Taker and Lesnar, the timekeeper can play a really big role. So <laughs> This is true. All right, Greg. Let's, <laughs> let's talk. Let's talk Rumble, and I'm talking this Rumble specifically coming up. Uh, I saw on Twitter when they first made the stipulation that the belt would be at stake in the match that you actually liked it. Do you still like the idea now that they've kind of fleshed it out? It's the first time they're doing it. Uh, still behind it? A little bit? Yeah, trepidatious? I'm still behind it. No, I'm still behind it. I mean, it's the idea. I think is mage. It's never been done before. And um, especially now that he's coming in at number one. Which, yeah, shocker, like, I had no idea that was coming. Yeah, no, nobody saw that coming. <laughs> nobody nobody could have predicted that. And, um, but no, I think even that adds some intrigue to it as well because it's like the odds are definitely stacked against him now. Like I said, it's a, it's a great idea. Now it's about the execution and what happens on Sunday and 
how they execute the idea is just as important as the idea, which, like you said, I like it. I like the fact that it's on the line in the Rumble. It's weird because you, you say the idea is great and then it comes down to the execution. I remember listening to one of your guys' year-end shows and I agreed with when you said it that for 2015, it was almost like the ideas going into every pay-per-view were terrible, but then the actual shows kind of surprised you in a good way. So it's kind of like yeah. hoping they fix it or you know, do it the other way around this time. No, I'm hoping they don't do it. Or don't, right, 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 right. Get them yeah, both right. I'm hoping that it matches up. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. The ideas go in and the execution is flawless. Because last year, yeah, I said this over and over from all year. Like, every paper you made me say this on paper. These paper views look repug. They look like this was the one to skip. But then you watch the show and it turned out to be like some really good shows all year. Like, and it doesn't look like it on paper. But if you go back and actually watch, it was hit after hit after hit, I feel like, with these pay-per-views. And so, at least now with the Royal Rumble, the idea is there, and I'm hoping it's another hit. But you, you never know. It all comes down to execution. They're, and they're really putting all their eggs in the Rumble basket, because with a champ in it, there's no main you know, other event. Like last year, the triple threat was incredible. But now you don't yeah. have that. I think they're kind of relying probably on Owens and Ambrose to sort of be the other bookend for the show because it's really it's rumble heavy this year. Which let's be honest, to Owens Ambrose, um, that's a that's a good safety net. Let's be honest. Yeah, no, you're right. You're right. That's a that's a really good safety net. Like a, if that's the fallback in case the rumble is a dud, that's not. Do you think they, Do you think they safety. start the show with that though? They can't start the show with that. No, I don't think so. Because they like usually have to get that one big, like you know, out of the gate adrenaline rush. But outside of that, the other matches can't really give that to you. But you don't want to give away that good of a match. Fresh. I think the they start either. the show with with Kalisto and Del Rio. All right. Yeah. Belt on the line. Maybe one more yeah. ladder for Kalisto to do something that shit off of. Um, yeah. <laughs> in, exactly. In the actual Rumble match, there there's no way Reigns wins, right? I don't think so. So what's? I don't think so. We'll get to who you think so about in a little bit. But what's get, fantasy book with me, Greg? What's your what's the dream end game? How do we get to the final four or five? How do you see it, or how would you like to see it play out? Um, well, with Reigns being number one, there's two ways that they could take it that would uh, that I think would be great that would make me happy, right? And no two ways have him coming out as champion. He cannot leave Orlando as WWE or heavyweight champion. Which sucks because that's like his hood. He grew up right up, you know, in Pensacola, went to school in Tallahassee, and now they're gonna make him drop the belt kind of in his backyard, but that's the business. Yo, he they have to they have to get it off him. Like there's no way. If the fans felt like they were shoving him down their throats before <laughs> having him having him go from one <laughs> to the final four to win in the Rumble. With the belt, back, yeah. Back-to-back back Rumble with the belt on the line, like, that's too much. <laughs> that's too much. They have, to they have to take the belt off of him. All right, so what are, the, what, are those two, what are those two scenarios that you want to see most? <laughs> One is he's dumped early. I mean, like, wild early. Way before, like, maybe the fifth person comes in and he's gone before the sixth person comes in. And then you have the whole rumble to see who's going to be the champ. <laughs> that, that's never going to happen, but I like the, that's not the shock value. That's not going to happen. But 
yeah, like the shock value is there, and it gets people invested in the whole rumble because now, like, if he's not in there, then your guy, whoever your guy is, whether it's Neville or Mark Henry or Brock Lesnar or whoever, your guy legitimately has a shot to be the new champion because the actual champion is already gone. Like, somebody's going to be the new champ. Well, I don't know about Mark Henry, the way they've been booking him. I don't think he's got an actual shot, but... Nah, I yeah, I don't know. I, I'm not sure if he's even in the Rumble, right. but... I get what you're saying. All right, so that's that's the one option. What's the other already more realistic option? I don't even know what it is yet. The other already more realistic option is him going into the Final Four and then making it down to the Final Two and then the Authority screws him out of it and then he gets dumped out and he loses the championship to whoever... And then he tries to invoke his rematch clause and they don't let him. And then he has to earn his rematch at Fastlane. He gets it. Then he goes to WrestleMania and then whatever happens, happens. I think that's what they're going to do. Yeah, there's got to be this whole, you know, McMahon trilogy. First Austin, then Brian, and now Authority trilogy, and now Reigns. I think you have to have some kind of involvement from them in the end game. Uh, it's almost, like, guaranteed at this point. Yeah, so I think... I think that's what's more likely to happen. Like he fights his way through and through and through it, and they find a way to just get the belt off him. At the who, end. who do you think is the beneficiary of that? Who do you think walks out with the strap? Um, I've heard some rumors. Ear, ear to the ground, ear to the streets. Yeah, I've heard some. I've heard some things, and. Um, they think I, what I've heard. They're thinking about going a couple of different directions. But my pick is Triple H. Yeah, it's getting a lot of steam online lately. Yeah, my pick is Triple H. If not Triple H, no. Yeah, my pick is definitely Triple H. I don't think it's going to be Lesnar. Yeah, that which is another popular pick. Yeah, and he he's one of those guys doesn't need the belt. Um, and he'll still be fine. And then they set up a whole path for him to WrestleMania. Although, uh, I saw from your tweets, your reaction to Raw last night, you're not a big fan of this potential Lesnar track of the of the Wyatt family. And I was reading something online. I forget who, I don't know if it was like Bleacher Report. They're not the, you know, the best uh, to read about this kind of stuff. But someone, one of their guys floated the idea that Bray eliminates Lesnar in the Rumble to kind of boost him up a little bit. Uh do you think that's a good move for the Wyatt clan, or are you still, after a night's sleep, not sold on that being a feud that maybe goes to the next pay-per-view or to WrestleMania? Well, I've heard something about that as well. I'm, yeah, that I don't know if I'm at liberty to speak on. I'll find out when we record Cheap Heat, and then you'll, you'll have to listen there and see if we discuss that. Nice tease. But, you are a podcasting pro, less than one year in the business. <laughs> no, but... <laughs> Um, I don't like it, and yeah, I don't like I don't like the Lesnar Wyatt scenario that they that they're going with because what I heard was just awful, and um, there are implications for Dallas, and um, yeah, that's all I, that's all I can really say without saying too much. All right, fair enough. Do you go ahead? There, there are implications for Dallas, and um, it definitely looks like what I heard is coming to fruition so for better or in the way you're sounding for worse um do you do you look at the rumble as kind of just the first piece of the wrestlemania game i know they 
do the whole road to WrestleMania thing, or can you sit back and kind of enjoy the event just on its own merits? Oh no, nah, the Royal Rumble is definitely um, the first piece of the WrestleMania puzzle. Like it always has been, even in uh, in college. And I'm I went to school, and my freshman year was around 2003. Mm-hmm. Um, me and my boy Tiger would call it um, WrestleMania season. Like once Royal Rumble roll around, because you know, like whatever happens there is gonna go. And it's just going to keep building and building to WrestleMania. And then, like, that's the time of year where you want to be watching. If you don't even watch at all for the rest of the year, that's the time of year when you really want to pay attention to what's happening because everything going to pick up steam. And even then, that was when, like, the brands were split. But it was the same thing. Like, people crossed paths at the Rumble. And then you were like, okay, this is happening at WrestleMania. Like, with uh, Lesnar and Goldberg. They had like they crossed paths backstage at Survivor Series randomly, nothing happened, and then when they actually interacted at the Rumble, it was like, okay, this is happening at WrestleMania. It didn't lead to the greatest match, but like, <laughs> far from seeds, it. <laughs> yeah, the seeds are always planted like right around that time, so you have to pay attention to what's happening in January. Even going back before that, with like uh, Hogan Warrior and yeah. like all of that, like you, you had to. Randy Savage in um, Ultimate Warrior, he cost, cost him a championship in, I what, see it. 91. I see it like Thanksgiving and Christmas is Royal Rumble and Mania, right? It's like the beginning of yeah. the holiday season. You see that family you haven't seen in a few months. You're going to see them again in a few weeks. Maybe you say something bad to, you know, Cousin Johnny and he gets pissed at you. Then there's like a feud at Christmas morning, that kind of thing. Um, no, it's so very true. Very similar. It's so true. They definitely tie. They definitely go hand in hand. Like, all right. So let's talk about the actual match itself. Then, who? Let me ask you this: in terms of surprise entrance, you think any NXT people are getting the bump up this year? And if so, who would you most like to see as a as a one night call up? Um, I think if they're smart, they because they've been teasing out this whole Bullet Club thing, right? Yep. So I think if they're smart, they bring AJ Styles and have him debut at the Royal Rumble. Mm. Big enough or, name, right, to come in fresh instead of having to get some NXT time first? Not even that, but, like, it's Orlando, and TNA's been in Orlando mm. the whole time. Like, they just started touring recent years, but, like, he's he's very familiar with the Orlando crowd. Like, everybody, like he's well-known down there. He's a big enough name at least in that city, that they can send him into the ring first, get a pop, let him do his thing, whatever, and then dump him out, and then he goes to NXT for a little while, which is fine. Or, if not AJ Styles, um, Samoa Joe, for the same exact reason. Like, you're in Orlando. They spent all that time in Orlando. I know they don't like to acknowledge TNA, but... (laughs) And if just, there's any time, this is the time. Now's the time. There is, this will be a, a foreshadowing for a later point of discussion in the show, but AJ Styles is actually a 20-to-1 uh, odds right now to win the whole thing. So maybe some good value if you think they really want to ride the Orlando wave, but I don't think that's money well spent. <laughs> I don't, I don't think that <laughs> <laughs> um, And actually, I got a, my first ever fan question, Greg. Not really a fan. A friend of mine is also a wrestling fan, my, my buddy Drew. Uh, since we're talking NXT, he wanted me to ask you, what you think in terms of 
NXT talent translation and what makes for a good NXT to main roster transition? Because we've seen a lot of guys kind of come up and fizzle a little bit. And some of these guys, Samoa Joe now, who already has an established name, Finn Balor, who a lot of, you know, marks are behind and have been behind for a long time. What uh, what do you think, this is a little bit off tangent from the Rumble, but what do you think are the things to look for in an NXT wrestler that will be a good kind of predictor for main roster success? You know, I I wish I had the answer for that, but I really don't. It's tough, right? It's, yeah, it is. It's, it's crazy. And it's like so many people, like, for instance, Bo Dallas, right? His gimmick in NXT worked really well. Um, his in-ring work is solid, so there's no issues there. And then you figure, you know, you bring him to the main roster with a little bit of tweaks, not too many. It all just depends on how you introduce him to the crowd, and then it should work again, and it it doesn't. And then the same thing with, like, um, Adam Rose. You know, he, he wasn't going to be the best wrestler on the roster. Like, he wasn't going to be Daniel Bryan or any guy like that. But his gimmick and everything he had going for him in NXT... It works down there, but for some reason it doesn't work on on the main roster. But then you got like Kevin Owens. He was what in and out of NXT. Well, I, I think that's the secret. I think the longer you spend down there, the worse it is for you. I think you still want to come up to the main roster like a bit of moldable clay. Still, you don't want to have a full set thing already because I think that might be the thing that puts some handcuffs on these guys. Maybe, maybe I don't know, man. But it's like. We gotta, they gotta figure out that sweet spot because Tyler Breeze is on the main roster now, and I see him um, falling to that, falling victim to that same cycle. And I don't, and he's, I like him a lot, so I don't, you know, I don't think. Same, yeah. I have high hopes for Tyler Breeze. I just hope he doesn't fall into that same cycle of, you know, really good, excellent, exceptional NXT talent who flounders on the main roster. And, and maybe it could be that they don't get enough time on the main roster, too, because, I mean, if you watch NXT, um, you don't see the same people every single week. You see them, like, you know, spaced out. So when you do see them, they get time and they, they get a little bit of focus on them. But on the main roster, they have the exact same people chewing up 70% of Raw and SmackDown, and they got a little bit of time to try and fill out for everybody else. And yeah. so people do fall to the wayside. So maybe that's what it is. Maybe it's maybe it's the fact that they oversaturate and everything with cuz if you think about it too growing up um we didn't see Hulk Hogan every week. We didn't see no. like you know what I mean? Like we didn't see Warrior every single week. Yeah, you go back and watch and, some uh, of the old stuff on the network and it's surprising how many crap matches there are on some of the shows. Yeah. It's true and and um but people got time. Like, and if they were going to do a squash match, they weren't going to have talent versus talent. It was like um, Dean Dean Jones from right, right down the street. Lo- local a- local athlete. Yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly. Like, <laughs> that was it. So maybe that's it. Maybe it's like they, because if they're using the real talent as jobbers, then why, why is anybody going to get invested in them? You know, I don't know. Yeah. Could be a combination of things, but, um, I Whatever already, it is, I hope Tyler Breeze doesn't fall victim. I already feel bad for the vaude villains because I love those guys, and that gimmick is going nowhere on the main roster, and it's going to be a rough, a rough day for them. I think. Yeah, I agree. Um, especially what's his um, Simon Gotch? 
uh, Aiden English is the tall one, and Gotch is the the short mustache yeah. tall one, right? Yeah. Simon, yeah, Simon got like that was his gimmick in the indie. So mm-hmm. like they just they just he could have done that solo. Like they just jacked him for it, gave him a tag team partner. So I don't, yeah, I don't know. I hope <laughs> I don't know. I hope I hope he does well too because I like those guys a lot too. Just the great. They they're so nineteen twenties. Like it's just everything they do. I mean, it's it's more of an acting appreciation than anything else. But yeah, it's gonna be gonna yeah. be tough for them. All right, back to the rumble. Uh, tangent tangent finished. Um, let's quickly talk, and we'll get to your some other predictions for this year's rumble there at the end. Uh, but we think I think I'm with you that Triple H may be the the last minute dark horse to come in. But let's talk about previous rumbles and I wanted to get your your statistician uh, view on this so I wrote a blog I keep a separate blog and you'll be able to check out the link I'm gonna post it on mikejanella.com when this episode goes up so you'll be able to read it there as well listeners but basically I wanted to find the best Royal Rumble wrestler ever uh, statistically speaking you could think you know Steve Austin he won three times no one's done that he's the best but so this is what I did Greg I came up with a formula tell me what you think about this formula before I tell you how it how it worked out for appearing in a Royal Rumble, you got five points. So every time you were in one, plus five. Every person you've eliminated in a Royal Rumble, plus five. Every minute that you spent cumulatively in a Royal Rumble, you get half a point. So if you spent a career hour in the Royal Rumble, you get 30 points to the total. Then if you finish in the final four, you get 15 points. If you're in the top two, 20 points. And if you win the whole thing, you get 30 points. That sounds sort of fair and balanced. You could probably tweak it here and there, but that's kind of the best thing I settled on at the end. Yeah, that sounds yeah, that sounds fair to me. I mean like I'm not a math stats guy, I'm more like a historical stats guy. So the numbers, if you once you start talking numbers, I'm just gonna have to ride with you to see how this plays out. But that, right. so far that sounds that sounds fair. Alright. I know you've also said before that the reason you got into law is because you don't do math. So I know that the numbers yep. are a bit of a a bit of a gray area here. So uh we'll, <laughs> yep. we'll, we'll breeze through the Thank top ten Putting it mildly. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm trying to put you over here. You're the guest on the show. Um, all right. So the, the top 10, the top five, the bottom five real quick. So number 10, Batista. Number nine, Hogan, because he wasn't in that many. Eight is Orton. Seven, Big Show. Six, John Cena. And he's, I think, a victim of being in some title matches where he couldn't be in that many rumbles, and that hurts him. So here's the top five. Uh, number five, Undertaker. Really? Yeah, he was in ten. He run- won one. He won one. He finished second in one, and he, he made an, another final four. Yeah, he got a third, and he's had thirty-five eliminations, and he's been in ten rumbles. I didn't realize he was in that many actual rumble matches, but that helped him a lot. Because he was in the early ones, right? Like the ninety-one, ninety-two. Right before he became kind of his own thing, where he didn't yeah. have to be lumped in with everybody. So solid, nothing flashy, just kind of you know puts in his time. Ends up number five. Number four, and he may not be there for long, Triple H. He's been in eight rumbles. He's got the career record for the most minutes. And uh, my joke was, who books this crap anyway? Because I think he's got some pull in how long he gets to last <laughs> yep. in there. Uh, 28 all-time eliminations. He has one win so far. Uh, two second-place finishes. One more Final Four. Um, so he's there. But well, I was just about to say, you say he might not be there for long. But if he comes in and he wins that 30 plus the half points for how much time he spends in there. Like uh, That's what I meant. He won't be there for long as in he's going to move up. Oh, he's going to go up. Yeah, oh, yeah. Because okay, yeah. right now, yeah, right. right now, according to the numbers, he is, I'm doing my math now, he's 47 points behind the number three guy, 
and that's Steve Austin, who was not in that many Rumbles. Uh, and the math hurts yeah. him here. Um, he was in six Rumbles, uh, 36 eliminations, which is still incredible. He won three. He was second in one, a final four in another. And did you ever hear that podcast where he said the one the one Royal Rumble botch he had, his very first Rumble? No, I didn't hear it. So his very first Rumble, he was supposed to be in the final four. This was 96, I believe. Yeah, 96. And he went to go do a spot on the rope, and he said his hands were just so sweaty, he lost his grip and actually fell over for a shoot over the top rope with eight guys left in the ring. And he mentioned... That's the one... Shawn Michaels won that, right? Yep, exactly. And he said he said on the podcast, if you look in the bottom corner as he's walking off the screen, Michaels kind of catches his eye and gives him a look like you're not supposed to be gone yet. And Austin kind of just gives him like a, you know, I screwed up kind of look. And they ended up having to figure it out on the fly. So he could have been in the final four of all six rumbles he's ever been in, which is unbelievable. <laughs> <laughs> but... It's crazy. It just reminded that was his first me. Rumble then? Yeah, that was. Yeah, that was his first one. Um, just reminded me that I mean, he was only Stone Cold for seven years. We've had Cena for like fourteen. Um, it's crazy how over he got in such a short amount of time. Yeah. But um, yeah, to your point earlier, so Triple H, if he wins this thing, then he has to eliminate at least one guy, and if he's in there for I think even four or five minutes, he overtakes Austin on the numbers, but. Swig of yep, beer for... You're going to get 30 right off the bat. Exactly, yeah. He said 15 for eliminating, right? Uh, five for elimination and then half point for a minute. So he's 37 back. So if he gets 30 for winning it, five for eliminating whoever the last person is in there with him, he only needs three more points, and that's about five or six minutes in the ring. So yeah. possible. Which he's going to get that because they're going to tease, like, if he teases out the final four, like, just being in the final four, you get 10 minutes. Oh, yeah, for sure. So Austin, I called him the Jim Brown of, of Royal Rumble. He came in hard and then burned fast. Um, number two, I called this guy the Carl Malone of the Royal Rumble. It's Kane because he's been in like every Royal Rumble there's ever been. Um, yeah, I Sixteen. Was he, of them. Ever, was he in there as Doctor Isaac Yankum? No, so I didn't count Yankum, and I didn't count uh, when he was fake Diesel, Diesel. in '97. Yeah, so those did not count. This was kayfabe only, so okay. you were just you were just your one gimmick. Um, yeah, 16 Royal Rumbles for him, uh, 42 eliminations, one second place finish. He's been in the final four, four other times, last year included. So he makes it to the end a lot, but still hasn't won the big one. I doubt that's going to change this year. And then, yeah, I don't see that happening for him. Yeah. yeah. And then number one, can you guess from process of elimination who I haven't mentioned yet? Who's the top 10? Top 10, recap, Batista. Uh, Hulk Hogan, if you can still say his name on Wrestling Sanctioned Podcasts, uh, Randy Orton, Big Show, John Cena, Undertaker, Triple H, Stone Cold, Kane. Is it Flair? It's not Flair. He didn't even crack uh, 150 points. It's yeah, one of it's, it's a Flair disciple, though. They had a WrestleMania match, if that helps. Is it Shawn Michaels? It's Shawn Michaels. I didn't realize wow. how many rumbles he was in either. He's been in twelve of them. Two hundred and twenty like twelve straight though, right? Wasn't like the first two? He he did, I think he had two after he came back from his retirement. Um but he he did a whole I think he did like seven straight to start, and maybe a couple more after his retirement too. He was in twelve rumbles, two hundred and twenty two minutes, 
35 eliminations, two wins, a second place, and two final fours. He So he's second all time. And this is all according to Wikipedia mostly. And then I did some other research because I had a lot of free time on a Sunday afternoon. Um, so he is second most career for times in the Rumble, minutes, eliminations, and wins. So basically not the top guy in any category, but number two in so many of them that he <laughs> he just he did it. And he missed those four Rumbles for his uh, retirement because of the surgery. So he might have had even more. But yeah, he's your number one. He would have been in though, yeah. How do you uh, how do you think that list shakes out? Um, not enough Bret Hart on that list, but I guess he was the champion. He was terrible while. at Royal Rumbles. Yeah, he won what one? He didn't even win one. He, he didn't win one. Yeah, he won half of one. And um, yeah, he would have won in what was it ninety seven? But then Stone Cold came in. Right. Yep. And his yeah, problem no, was he, he was never awesome. he never eliminated anybody. He just kind of hung around and never actually got anybody out. So that tends to be you know that hurts you. Oh yeah, that's that's the point, right? Over the top. Right. It was great. I was just rewatching the other day. It was uh, it was the, I think it was '97, and it's him and Stone Cold in there, just one on one for a little bit. And he puts Stone Cold in the sharpshooter. It's like I get it. Like you want to weaken the guy, <laughs> but how are you how are you gonna win a Royal Rumble putting a dude in the in the submission in the sharpshooter? That's your boy, though, so I'm not going to tear him up too much. No, I mean, you're right, though. Like, he, he completely missed the point. He's not, he doesn't deserve, and then the doesn't only, deserve top 10 honors of that one. Yeah, and then the only other thing is, is Roman Reigns, who's going to be playing a big point in this year's again. So I did one more stat. It was called uh, PRP, Per Rumble Performance. So this is basically points per game. And the three best ever for guys who've been in at least two of them, it was Hogan. So he had four rumbles. Roman Reigns is definitely in there. Yeah, it was so just to give you an idea of the curve here. So Hogan is third place with sixty-four and change. Then Austin was sixty-nine and a half in six rumbles. Roman Reigns through his first two, ninety point two. Like he's he's twenty points better than the next best guy. He's freaking insane. Yeah, they this this event, I wouldn't say is made for Roman Reigns, but um They've been pushing him hard at these Royal Rumbles. Because, what, his first one, he broke Kane's record. Yep, and made it to the – he was the last, second to last guy, right? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Yeah, so he, went, he, he went out to – I mean, Batista, right? Batista. Yeah. And um, and then lastly, he won. So he runner up and then he wins. And he's coming in as champion. He's going to go long again. He's going to he eliminate a bunch of guys again. Yeah, exactly. He's going to go on and run again. So yeah, he, insane. It, yeah, it is insane. It's it is good for him though because he doesn't have to carry anything. He's in there with a bunch of guys. He can look strong, which is his strong suit, pun intended. Um, so it, it is a good event for him, and they keep they keep using him. But he, to your boy's point, to Bret Hart and Ric Flair, according to my formula, and you could take it with a grain of salt if you want. But he, in just his first two, already has more points than Hart and Flair had in their whole careers. So he's just he's off to a a, a good start as Vince McMahon has wanted this whole time. Yeah, exactly. I just, <laughs> you know, this Sunday is going to be so interesting, though, to see what happens and how this shakes out. Orlando's a safe crowd, though. I don't see them. Yeah, no, it's not going to be like last year. Not even close. Um, yeah. I think it'll be fine. All right, cool. Greg, we're going to wrap up here <laughs> yeah, a little bit. Yeah, I think it'll bit. be fine, too. Yeah, yeah. I think it'll be, it'll be fun. It'll be safe. It'll be fine. Um, 
I'm sure they'll have a good time. Um, we wrap up now at the time when you came on last. I don't think we had our name for this yet, but now it's called The Fun Five. It's the last five questions I ask of everybody. Try and keep them kind of related to the topic, but keep them a little bit goofy and offbeat. Um, so we'll get your final uh, predictions at the end of the show. But first, what if the Royal Rumble was real? What if it was a shoot Royal Rumble? Who do you think on the current roster would win? Big Show, Omar Henry, one of those guys. You don't think a couple like if Lesnar and Strowman and some of the other big guys could team up, they can get them out? You think that's just too much to ask? Um, yeah, I do. Even if like, because if we were shoot, nobody's teaming up, especially with Lesnar. Nobody's teaming up with Lesnar. He's a threat. He's got to get. He got to go. He got to go. And um, survivor rules eliminate the the strongest cast member. Yeah, get rid of the threat. same thing with Strowman. He's got to go. And it's like. Um, I feel like Strowman is too green to really keep himself in the game. So, like, he's going to go just just because he don't really know what's going on. He's probably going to have that energy. His energy is going to work against him. Lesnar, I feel like you could take his legs out get him out of there. So, show has been in a bunch of these. Show is, what, almost 500 pounds. It's going to take a lot of people teaming up to get show out of there. If he's throwing knockout blows, And and that's why these things are works because show and Henry as the last two standing would take like an hour and a half to get resolved. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) What's your question number two in the fun five? What's your favorite rumble moment? So just an individual moment of all time. Oh man, my favorite rumble moment of all time. I can't remember if this was at the Royal Rumble or... (laughs) That's a prerequisite for the answer. (laughs) But no, I'll remember... I'll say this. Do you remember the one where Undertaker, I think he fought Yokozuna? Mm Mm-hmm. And he died, quote-unquote. Got lifted up through the Titantron? Yeah. It didn't age well, that moment. No. But at the time, I was like, yo, this is wild. That's what. Uh, so I don't know. Was, I have, yeah, that that's a wild moment. I feel the same thing about like uh, you hear you see these WWE like network documentaries about how say Papa Shango was such a horrible gimmick. But when I was nine, like that scared the crap out of me. That kind yeah, of yeah. Now Papa Shango was not same thing. It didn't age well, but like at the time, it was like all right, this is this is crazy. This yeah. shit is crazy. I know. What <laughs> what about the actual Rumble match though? Any one moment that you remember from the thirty man? Uh, matches? I remember uh, when Shawn Michaels came in and he uh, eliminated the British Bulldog. I thought that was oh, right. that when, was a good that That is my answer is when he had the one foot dangling and over the yeah. rope. That was because everyone does that now. You get that like once every other year. But he was the first I remember to do that. And at the time I thought, man, this is the coolest thing I've ever seen. Yeah, um, he was the first I remember doing that too. And he wasn't, like, back then, he wasn't my favorite wrestler. I, I still, I'll say this to the day I got Shawn Michaels, before his comeback, overrated. Mm. Pre, pre-2002 Shawn Michaels is overrated. 2002 to the end, that Shawn Michaels, phenomenal. The best, one of the best to ever do it. But 94, 95, 96, all that, world champ, all that overrated mm. so even at that time i was like i wasn't too thrilled by him pulling that off but 
you have to give him his respect. That's the best way to win the Royal Rumble right there. Dangling off one foot, taking advantage of the rules. Because nobody else had did that before either, like you said. Um, that both feet must touch the floor had yep. always been the rule, but it never came into play. And that was the time when it was like, this is this is how you play the game. Like, I can just imagine did not touch the floor. I can just imagine nine year old Greg just talking talking shit to the TV screen. This guy ain't nothing, but I respect the move. <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, it's just stupid. Like, yeah, that's all I can say. Everything is stupid. You know, like your typical in the wrestling fan now. Like, oh, this is dumb. Right. But you can't you you can't you can't doubt how cool it was though. It, it was, was dumb because I loved he it. won, but it was a cool move and like. You can't you can't take that away from them. Not at and all. Like you said, it's it's every year's a spot now, but back then, nah, that was that game was changer, a big, a big moment. So that mm-hmm. that leads me to my next question because that that's my answer. If you could make any chain, any one change to the Rumble rules, what would you change? Mine would be that one foot down means you're out because I think it's so stupid. We see like Kofi Kingston now taking you know office chairs back and all this kind of stuff. You can just hop on one foot back to the ring if that's the rule. What's the big deal? So for me, I would say one foot on the ground, you're out. Would you? What would you change? I like the one foot rule though, because it leads to so many. I, I, I have to keep that. What I would say is, if you're out of the ring for more than five minutes, mm. cumulative, you're yep. out. I like that. Because like, some people roll out under and then like they just stay out like Rusev last year right right he was out and then he came back at the end but he didn't go over the top when he first went out Jerry King Roller takes advantage of that rule too like roll out and then just stay out if you if you're out more than five minutes no matter how you get out you're out so and it's get them out of here it's cool as a heel does it but I don't know if you watched the NXT I forget when it was last week the week before they had the the female battle royal to get the number one contender for the belt, I think. And um, Carmella, who's a fan favorite, does the same thing. She gets hit out of the ring. She's gone for the whole second half of the match. She comes back in and knocks uh, Eva Marie out, and the crowd loves it. And I thought the same thing. I, I don't like it. I feel like it's it's a cheap it's a cheap way to get some drama out of it. Everyone knows now that they're hiding for the whole time. You don't lose track like it was twenty years ago. So yeah. uh, I like that one. And it's true what you said to like it's cool when a heel does it because you expect that like but don't don't be like a baby face a white meat baby face like oh I'm gonna fight hard like no and then cheat don't yeah fight. yeah get out of here I'm with you all right question number four uh, I we keep going back to Shawn Michaels in this podcast and he's not one of your favorites it just happens to to work that way if you remember I forget <laughs> I forget if it was 96 or 97 but he had well, who was it Pamela Anderson walk him out to the ring he was the number one entry I can't remember what year that was either yeah but it, it was but her I, and I remember it being no that was at WrestleMania wasn't it after he won was it? Let me see. I'm gonna. That I'm was gonna WrestleMania 11, right? Google this. Let's see. Because Diesel came out with somebody too. This is the joy of podcasting with the internet on. Uh, he came out WrestleMania 11 with Pan. Was it Jenny McCarthy? Oh, maybe that that's what I'm thinking of. Yeah, I'm getting my uh, my 90s blonde television personalities. Uh, confused. No, they were both there though. Diesel came out with somebody, and Shawn Michaels came out with somebody. All right, so and I see. All right, so I see. End, yeah, Angel had both of them. All right, so it was at that Royal Rumble '95 
Pamela Anderson was ringside for the match because she was supposed to uh, escort the winner of the match to WrestleMania. So that's ah, what it okay. was, yeah. So Michael so celebrated. So he celebrated in the ring with Pam Anderson afterward. All right. So long way of asking the original question: If you, as a Royal Rumble participant, Stack Guy Greg, making his debut, got to choose the female valet that would get to escort you to your title match at WrestleMania and celebrate within the ring after a Royal Rumble victory, who would you pick? At WrestleMania 30, Triple H came out. And he ascended from a throne with Sasha Banks, Charlotte, and I think it was Alexa Bliss. I don't and they remember. were like, you don't remember this? I remember that. And I don't remember who the, the third person was. Yeah, that was Charlotte's first uh, main roster television appearance, I think. Uh, I, I forget yeah, I think who, who the third Alexa person Bliss. was. Though. It was Sasha, Alexa Bliss, and um, Charlotte. I would do that. I would come out like that and then dominate and then leave with them three again just like that I can't choose just one that was that was a mage moment I'm doing it just like that and then where the rest of the night takes you that's for the history books (laughs) (laughs) all right the final question in the fun five now this isn't the same as asking who who you want to win or who you think is going to win but these are the actual and I can't believe this is legal but in the UK they have you know patty power whatever they have actual WWE gambling which I think for a sport that's predetermined um, should be a money-losing endeavor for them, but they still do it. So here is what their uh, their top 10 odds look like for a Royal Rumble winner going into uh, us recording this podcast. So what I, the question for you, Greg, is who you think is the best value if you were betting this like the NFL playoffs? Maybe not who you think is going to win, but who you think is the best bang for your buck that has a shot that you might be able to win some money on. Who would you put it on? So here's the odds. You've got uh, tied for ninth and 10th. It's The Undertaker and Dean Ambrose, both 18-1. to 1. I'm surprised Dean Ambrose is that high of an odds, but I guess he already has a match earlier in the night. Uh, Undertaker, thanks but no thanks. Um, yeah, that's not. The Rock and Sheamus, both 16-1. to 1. Rusev, 14-1. to 1. Daniel Bryan, who would be a huge surprise, at 12-1. to 1. And then you get to your top four, which is Bray Wyatt at 10-1 to 1 odds. And then you get your heavy favorites, Brock Lesnar, eleven to five, which is basically two to one. Roman Reigns, eleven to eight, and then Triple H is the odds-on favorite at four to five. So you're actually uh, not making that much money. You got to bet five bucks to win four bucks. Is how that works. Everybody else, whatever you bet, you would actually win more money back uh, than your original take. So those are the favorites. Who you put in your your hard-earned lawyer paycheck on? if you want to get the most value for your pick? you got to go Brock Lesnar, right? Even though I don't think he's going to win, but... Yeah, 11 to 5, you put down uh, you put down 500 bucks, you get over a grand back in addition to your original principal. That's that's pretty good for a guy who is as, as uh, prominent as they come on the roster. Yeah, because the rest of them, you just throw all your money away. Like, it's not going to be Undertaker or Dean Ambrose. It's not going to be Rusev. It's not going to be Bray Wyatt. It makes no, no sense that we Bray Wyatt. Um, right. At least so, Lesnar has a chance. Yeah, so you're basically taking the biggest underdog out of the three favorites is the smart thing to do. Yeah, <laughs> at least he has a chance. I don't think he's going to win either, but... Right, and I just... He's got, 
just for fun. Uh, they had AJ Styles at twenty to one. They had Finn Balor at twenty-five to one. Sami Zayn at thirty-three to one. Vince McMahon on the board at forty to one. That's just lighting your money on fire. And then uh, they actually put um, Nakamura and Sting, who's I think still on the surgeon's table, are both at forty to one as well. So. Uh, whoever, if they get any action on that, I mean, good for them. That's how you make money in the gambling business, I guess. You know, Nakamura is not happening. Don't, no. don't, don't put your money on Nakamura. <laughs> All right, Greg, this has been awesome, man. We've, uh, I've taken up so much of your time, and Total Divas is on right around the corner. I want to make sure you're free in front of the TV for that. Um, plug, <laughs> plug the show, plug your Twitter, plug anything else you want. Where can the people find more of you? I am on Twitter at StatGuyGreg, um, Cheap Heat. Uh, it can be found on ESPN's Pod Center. We record once a week. Um, we're on iTunes, so subscribe, subscribe, subscribe right now. Last time I checked, you were the number 20 sports and recreation podcast, but uh, we should be number one. Definitely at least should be ahead of Colin Coward. But, um, I agree on both counts. <laughs> subscribe, subscribe to Cheat Heat on iTunes. Um yeah, listen, subscribe to the Mike Janela show, too. Listen to his other shows. Don't just listen <laughs> for this one. Because I listened to a couple of your shows. You have some good guests. Oh, thanks, man. I, I try. Bring, I hope you bring them back, too. Yeah, well, uh, I, like the con- I like the concept of this show. Because as I understand it, right, you're trying to catch different media personalities before they blow up, but, like, catch them on the rise. Yeah. Right? Yep. Yeah. Find out how they got so, there, what what's what's working for them, get some behind the scenes, definitely. Exactly. So it's like your only interest is not wrestling. You 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 probably like to cook, you know, you probably like cars or, or something. There's something, but Mike knows a guy that knows a guy that <laughs> you will be interested in if you just listen to the show. So subscribe to this show to Yeah, that's all, all right. I got. Greg, thanks for doing me the favors, man. I appreciate it. And uh, you're, you're really uh, buttering me up to become honest. the first three-time guest. Uh, I think you're just planting the seeds <laughs> for, the, for the future. The honors. It was my honor. Thank you. All right, man. Good stuff. Uh, just stay on the line. We'll, uh, we'll wrap up here once I, once I finish recording. But for all you folks listening, I uh, hope you enjoyed it with Greg. Again, uh, visit MikeJanella.com to listen to his uh, previous episode. I'll have the link up for that. You can also check out the blog that we were talking about that I wrote and broke down all the stats if you want to check that out a little bit more. You can also find links to my show. We ask you to please subscribe to mine too. Give me some nice ratings after you subscribe to Cheap Heat. Uh, make sure to go over to iTunes or Stitcher uh, or my site again, MikeJanella.com to find out all that stuff and also to hear about or read about some of the information on the awesome outro music you're hearing as we speak. Greg, thanks so much, man. Enjoy Sunday night and uh, hopefully it'll be a good table setter for Mania. Well, thanks, Mike. Thanks for having me. All right, anytime. And thanks to you folks for listening. Uh, again, Mike, Mike Janella. you going to be in Dallas? Uh, I am, actually. I'm booked. Yeah, we can talk about that after uh, after we get off here. Are you? I think so. Oh, all I right. So. We'll have to make some plans. I think we can I think we can find a way to cross paths uh, at some point over the weekend. Yeah, you have to. All right. Stay on the line because I want the listeners to be super jealous that you and I are making some mage WrestleMania weekend plans, <laughs> and they're not going to know about it. <laughs> All right, guys. Thanks for listening. Thanks to Greg. We'll catch you next week, and I'll do better next time.